Thank you, worship team. If you will, go ahead and open up your Bibles and turn to Galatians 5, verses 22 and 23. We can get it on the screen. That will be great. I want to read these verses with you. If you will, stand up as we read, and um, we will read these verses together. Galatians 5, 22 and 23. Let's turn there. Galatians 5, 22 and 23. It says that in these verses, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Thank you. <laughs> and I didn't add that in mine. <laughs> so, Shannon had asked me um, a few months back if we could do a series um, tying in the camp theme for the year. And I said, that'd be great. What is it? And she told me we're going to talk about the fruit of the Spirit. So what we're going to do over the next five weeks is go through the different things that they're going to be learning at camp over the next five weeks. So we're going to hit love. We're going to hit joy. We're going to hit peace, patience, and kindness. And, and so we're going to hit all these things. You guys can be seated now. We're going to hit all these things, and we're going to do it in a series that I'm just labeling as Fruit of the Spirit, because it is the Fruit of the Spirit. Now, what I want you guys to think about is today is that we're talking about love, and that love in itself, when we think about it, is our willingness and capacity to care for others will grow naturally out of our walk with God. Our love is, 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 is a reflection of our willingness and capacity to care for others, and it grows naturally out of our walk with God. So if you guys can remember that, that's the big idea, the big thing I want you to take away. Now, before we get into the message, Mr. Loker, Max, where are you at? Not Ron, but Max. Could you please come up here? I'd asked him to come up. He had served in the military. He's been in the military. And what I want to do right now is, um, this, since this is the 4th of July week, Mr. Loker is going to pray for our nation, pray for our leaders, and we want to honor our country with those prayers. And so, since he's been in the military and he's one of the oldest in here, the most senior person in here, which he will not admit, um, I thought it would be a great idea for him to pray for our country and nation. Thank you, Max. Thank you. Will all the veterans please stand, if you can? Very good. Father, we thank you so much for this free land that you have endowed to us. We thank you for the veterans that support it and will stand for it and do anything to prevent it from falling into the wrong hands. We pray for the government. We pray for uh, a president that will continue to value these things. We thank you for the freedom that we enjoy and for the veterans that made it possible on the field. We thank you now for this church we have and the membership here and for the the spirit that is always in this place. And we, we just feel so at home here. And uh, we just thank you so much 
for the pleasure and the blessings we have and for our new pastor here we just we just uh, support him and pray for him and his family and uh, we just thank you for the presence you have here with us and all these things we ask in Jesus name amen thank you Max I appreciate it we do love our country we are so thankful that we're in a country where we can freely worship God and we want to honor those prayers and not just this morning but every day we want to pray for our leaders in our country so that we can keep having that privilege and honor of, of being able to worship like we want and praying to God like we want I mean if you're to go into a lot of countries they don't have that freedom they are hidden in underground churches not literally underground but in homes secret churches because they're afraid that if they demonstrate out in public their love for God, that they'll be taken away and they'll be persecuted. Because there is a major persecution of the church going on throughout the world. Christians are dying every day because of their belief in Jesus Christ. We don't have that here because we have freedom to worship like we want. We should always pray for that and thank God that we do have that freedom. Now, the one thing I want you guys to remember, if you don't get anything else, and I'm going to say this phrase several times today, if you don't get anything else, write this phrase down, memorize it, and take it with you. And, 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 and I'll be hitting it several times. The closer I am to God, the deeper I love people. The closer I am to God, the deeper I love people. And we'll develop that and demonstrate that as we go on. So when I look at the fruit of the Spirit, I want to take away some misconceptions. It's not fruits. It is one fruit. So a lot of people say, well, we're the, it's the fruits of the Spirit. No, it is singular. All these things that you read in that passage make up the fruit of the Spirit. It's like this. If you go to a vineyard and you go to, a, go to the different vines, you're not picking out grapes and strawberries and apples and cucumbers and blueberries and strawberries and raspberries. You're picking out one kind of fruit, and that would be a grape if you're in a vineyard or muscadine or capernaum or something like that. But you're picking off one single fruit. And so all these fruit work together and make up one fruit. So that's the common misconception that I wanted us to take out of there. And so Jesus, and I'm going to associate this fruit as on a vine, not a tree, because Jesus himself calls himself in John 15, 1, 2, and 5, the, the branch and the vine. We are the branches, he is the vine. He says, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. Every branch in me that does not produce fruit, he removes, and he prunes every branch that produces fruit, so that it will produce more fruit. I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit because you can do nothing without me. So that's the connection. That's the vine. We're the branches. So I asked Neil Applegate if he would come up. Neil, where are you at? Come up here. I want, I want him to talk for a few minutes. He had talked to me on Wednesday and I said, you know, I think that'd be great for this morning. So Neil, if you will, go ahead, take a few minutes. I think it's on. It's on. There you go. Is it on? It is. Wow. I don't know about if you've ever had a scratch, you could, an itch that you couldn't reach, you couldn't scratch it. It was too far up, too far back, and too far down or something, and you just couldn't do it. Well, I've had that itch, and it's growing stronger and stronger. 
And Wednesday night we talked about that itch. I have, I have a love of Jesus Christ. I'm not going to embarrass you by asking you, do you? But you ask yourself, do I really love Jesus Christ? Am I compassionate? Am I passionate about who he is and who, what he's doing in my life? And the Holy Spirit and his Father God. Well, I've not been a Christian my whole life. In fact, uh, it was uh, in the 40s before, in my 40s, before I ever uh, received Jesus Christ. But I didn't, I didn't receive him as perhaps I received my wife. When I met my wife in high school, I f- she was great. I fell in love with her almost, and it was all a lot of physical because she was a gorgeous woman. She still is. And that kind of love wasn't, I didn't have that with Jesus Christ. And then my grand, my children came along, a different kind of love. I remember my daughter, and we took her to a doctor out in, in uh, Lakeview, and she was like six months old, and we dressed her up in this little dreadle dress and put her on, I just couldn't hardly let go of her, bounced her on my knee, the guy next door, boy, you're really doting over that girl, aren't you? I don't know if you know what doting means, but I was. I loved her. I couldn't even describe it. And my son, the same way. Fast forward a little further, my grandchildren. My granddaughter, Olivia, same thing. She was the firstborn. I felt the same way. Took her to a party, a get-together. The same reaction. You're doting over that girl. You know, I was holding her and throwing her up and down and paying attention to her every move and showing her off and all that kind of stuff. That's love. It is love, but it, even that is different. Fast forward a little further in my 40s, Factoryville Church, Pastor Faye Logan. I was sitting on that side, five pews up, Sunday morning, the old church, the drive-in church. I don't know if you they had a drive-in church. It wasn't a drive-in. I was inside that particular morning. And I don't know what it was that he said even now. But I know I was primed and ready to accept Jesus Christ. I was lacking something in my life. I I couldn't really put my finger on it. But he gave the invitation. You know, and I was too proud to come up. I didn't do that. But I did raise my hand and stand up. And I accepted Jesus Christ at that moment. But it it was kind of a... Uh, you know, a relationship, but not, not powerful, not like Ed Gamble. If you ever heard his story, it was a passionate roll down on the aisle and holler and hallelujah. It wasn't me. But God had a hold of me. For the next 20 years, 20 years, I didn't grow much. I sat back, usually back in this corner over here because my wife said, we got to go to church. But I would much rather stay back in the woods and pray to Jesus Christ. I would. And then it was through Pastor Dave and, I don't know, maybe Rick Warren and a suggestion that you can grow further. You can be more involved. And I was invited to Sunday school. We were doing 40 Days in the Word, I believe, at that time. And here we go. The ball is starting to roll. I was born, when, when God passed out all these gifts, I was getting a cup of coffee when he passed out Compassion. And I was uh, probably going to the bathroom after that when a passion was passed. I've never had that. 
But as I've grown older, and I'm not old, you understand that, I'm the world's oldest teenager because I haven't been a Christian all that long. In the last few months, and I don't know what it was, I don't know what tripped the trigger and made me start to be compassionate and passionate about the love of Jesus Christ. I don't know. But I'm thankful for it. And because of that, my eternity has always been assured from way back when, when uh, Faye Logan gave the attention. My, my future was assured, but not with anticipation and hope and peace that Jesus Christ and the growth of your love affair with Jesus Christ doesn't even compare. And now we're rolling. And I had, at Wednesday night, we talked about it. And I couldn't shut my mouth. I had to tell him about it. I had there's four or five other people there. And he asked me if I would relate that to you. But you know, this group I'm looking at, and many of them are here, you become my family. You become more than a friend, more than an acquaintance. Some of you I've known a long, long time. Others, not so long. But I care for you. And I want you to fall in love with Jesus Christ. I want you to know that passion and the compassion Let's get a hold of me. And whatever it is in your life that trips that trigger, that uh, maybe something down and from that you grow. And James, I told us, count all, all persecution and hard times as something good because out of that you come up. And I'm, I don't know, maybe it was that in the last two months. I see, maybe I hit a low that I didn't even realize it was that low. But man. I can't get over telling people how much I love Jesus Christ. And it's more than that. His Father, my God, lives right here. I've talked to people that ain't real. It's just my heart and nerd. I have these thoughts, these unconscious things. The Trinity that we talk about is such a difficult concept. A God that created us. He gave his Son that forgave us. We can now talk as we do this morning. We have talked to God in our prayer, and we can do that because of Jesus Christ. Before that, we had to have a sacrifice or whatever. And I have some friends that say, no, God wasn't, Jesus was not God. We've had an ongoing debate about that. And that forces you, maybe that was it, forces you deeper into the word. I mean, I love this woman. This is my, anyway, I won't tell you who she is. But we're having this debate, and it forces me to go deeper into the Word. i got to prove to her that this Trinity thing is real, that God is real, that Jesus Christ is real. And this guy, this guy inside me, he's real. Talks to me all the time. I was out this morning about 6 o'clock in the backyard, and the sky was blue and the trees, the silhouette of the trees out there, and they were moving, but there was no wind. Whoa, what was that all about? God created this. I don't want to be selfish. He created that for me. Not you. Not you. But he created that for me to enjoy what he has created. One more thing, and then I'll quit. On the way up to Midland, we went up there to do a, a service project, I suppose. And it was sunny when we started out. time we got to Lansing, it was getting black off in the east. 
And as we got just a little north of Lansing, up towards St. John's, I suppose, I looked off in the east, and there was a rip in the black. Not very wide, but a rip. And the sun was coming through that, and it reminded me of Jesus on the cross. And the veil to the throne was ripped so that we could approach God. So all of those things combined. I'm glad you were here, because I wanted to tell you and I wanted to tell you, and I want all of you to fall in love with Jesus Christ. Have him become the center of your life. Guide your actions with your family and your grandkids. Guide your relationships to your friends. And my prayer is to our Heavenly Father. And he can hear that because Jesus Christ has opened the door that I can pray directly to God. Imagine that, this all-powerful being that created the heaven and the earth, and you... And me, my prayer is then that you grow in your passion and your compassion and your love affair with Jesus Christ. Thank you. Thank you, Neil. And, and um, you hear stuff like that and you hear stories like that and, and you have to let people share those stories. Because Jesus Christ is working in that heart. And if Jesus is working in that heart, I, for one, want that heart to be displayed to you guys so that maybe you can catch a glimpse of it. Because I think sometimes we miss it. And so, so I, I, you know, when I hear stories like that, I want people to come and, and share their testimony. So we talk about this fruit. We're talking about this fruit. There is a problem, and it's called bad fruit. There is a problem, and it's called bad fruit. And, 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 we can look at the bad fruit later on, and we will. But if there is bad fruit, there is two options. One is the vine that is producing the fruit. You're not hooked up to the right vine. Or the problem is the branch. The branch needs pruning. That's the only thing that's wrong with it. That is the problems that, that we face. And so... If we're talking about love as the fruit of the Spirit, and, and that is not inside of you, and as I was talking this morning in Sunday school, there are some people, we we're talking about the love of God and, and, and love. If love is not in you, if love is not a product of your life, then maybe you're not hooked up to the right vine. That is very possible. Or if you are hooked up to the right vine, but you're not living out that love for God, Maybe God needs to do some pruning in your life. Because branches at some point do need pruning. The Bible tells us that if we are his children, he's going to bring consequences into our life that are going to be trials that grow us. And if you're not experiencing trials, maybe you just hooked up to the wrong branch or the wrong vine. So there is a problem with bad fruit. It's hooked up to the wrong place or it needs pruning. The second thing that I want us to look at is the problem with the Pharisees. And they're the perfect example of the product of bad fruit. So the verse that I want us to look at is Matthew, and it's going to be 23, 1 to 4, and 25 and 26. It says, And Jesus spoke to the crowds and to his disciples, and the scribes and the Pharisees are seated in the chair of Moses. Therefore, do whatever they tell you and observe it. But don't do what they do, because they don't practice what they teach. 
They tie up uh, heavy loads that are hard to carry and put them on people's shoulders. But they themselves aren't willing to lift a finger to move them. And then verses 25 and 26, 23 to uh, 25 and 26 says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! You're clean on the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they're full of greed and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisees, clean up the inside of your cup so that the outside, it may also become clean. So the first thing I notice about these Pharisees, they don't practice what they preach. What they're doing in verses 1 to 4 is they're telling people how to live. They're telling people what they must do to live in life, how they can be accepted by God by doing all these things. And they would put with all these laws what they call a load on people's lives. And yet they didn't live like that. Now, if you're making somebody live like that, do you love them? Anybody can answer. It's a, it's a question for you. Do, if you are making people live that way that you can't live yourself, do you love those people? No. You don't love them. You don't treat them right. You don't care for them. You're not practicing what you preach. They don't love other people. So what's the problem? The problem is what Jesus says in 25 and 26. They are appearing clean on the outside, but inside, the in working, they're lost. They don't love God. They don't care for God. Sure, they love all these rules, but they don't love God. They don't care for God. Because if they cared for him, they wouldn't be allowing the people to live like they are. They would shoulder the load with these people. They would have compassion for these people. They would realize that all these laws that they've made really aren't pleasing to God. Does it sound like they love God? No. So there's a disconnect. They don't love God, but they try to pretend they do. And as a result that they don't love God, they don't love other people. Does that make sense? So, so I'm going to say it again. The closer I am to God, the deeper I love people. Everybody repeat that. The closer I am to God, the deeper I love people. One more time. The closer I am to God, the deeper I love people. I want you to take that home. I want you to write it down somewhere. I want that to become uh, ingrained in your mind. Because the closer I am to God, I love people. So what's our problem? We read this list of fruit, and if I look at it, I'm thinking, oh my, is there another list for me to look at? Because I look at this and I see so many problems that, that I look at and think, man, I could do a lot better in these areas. Love, patience, kindness. Patience, that's one. Love, that's one. Well, there is another list. I'm glad you asked me if there is. There is another list. 
It's in Galatians 5, 19, 21. It says, now the works of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, moral impurity, promiscuity, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambitions, dissensions, fractions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and anything similar. I am warning you about these things, as I have warned you before, that those who practice such things won't inherit the kingdom of God. Now, I wouldn't say that lifestyle characterizes me, but you see the problem. You see two totally different contrasts of what I'm going to call fruit. A desire for ourself and a desire that God puts in us for other people. One, if you looked at that list, is all about self. The other one, if you looked at that list, is about other people. It, it, it's that simple. And so, if I'm going to love other people, I have to be closer to God. Because on my own, I can't live up to the first one in that list, love. You, you know, I think about love, and, and here's what I can tell you. I do love people. But on my own, that would be a very limited list. It would be me, be my wife, my kids, and some family members, and a few friends. And the reason why is because as my human flesh, as my human side, I am very limited in the capacity that I can love. You as a human are very limited in your capacity to love others. So you could take that list out and you could write it down to a few friends. But at some point that list is going to stop. And at some point that love for all these other people gets smaller and smaller. Your family, your wife, your kids. And then as you start getting your friends, that love starts tapering off. And then by the time you get to your fourth or fifth friend, it's gone. So what is the problem? Is it me? Yeah, the problem is me. Is the problem you? Yes, the problem is you. I'm glad you agree with that. What's the solution then? Well, for me to tap in and love other people the way God tells me I need to love other people, I have to tap into a source that is greater than my own. And that source is God. I have to tap into God to not just fill my capacity, but overflow so that love will overflow into other people's lives. We were talking this morning in Sunday school, and we were, I was talking all about this. And one of the gentlemen in there, I'm not going to name names, said, you know, I can love a few people, but I can't love some of these people over in this other country. And he told me the reason why. And I had to ask him, I said, does God love that person? I don't know. You know, they're killing everybody. Let me tell you, God loves them. Because he sent Jesus Christ to die for them. He loves them. He, you could think of the most terrible person in history. I could name a few. Hitler. There you go. How about uh, the king of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar? Yeah. Killed a lot of people. Artaxerxes. Yes. All throughout time, God loves people. God loves people as much as he loved you. Do you believe that God loves you? Raise your hand if you feel like God loves you. Some of you might not feel it, but yes, he does love you. And if he loves you, he loves every single person that's ever lived. 
So if I can't love that person, if I'm having trouble loving that person, it's because I'm not connected to the one that does love them. Or I'm not allowing that one that does love them infinitely to tap into my life so that I can see people the way God sees them. So that I can love people the way God loves them. And so that's the problem. That is the problem that we all face. And so what's the solution? You're going to ask the solution then. And I'm going to give you the answer. I'm glad you asked. The solution is this, God. He says in 1 John 4, 7 and 8, Dear friends, let love one an- let, let us love one another because love is from God and everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. The w- I'm about to sneeze. Wow. The one who does not love does not... Sorry, God. The one who does not love does not know God because God is love. So you see the attachment. If you're incapable of loving somebody, you're not plugged into God. If there is a discretion in your life that says, you know, I can love my friends, but I don't think I can love that person. There's a problem between you and God. Because God loves that person. And you're missing it. So, the example that Jesus gave is this. John, 1 John 3.16 says, Dear friends, this is how we know we have come to know love. Because Jesus laid, us down, laid down his life for us, and we should also lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. So, if Jesus Christ laid his life down for me, I should be willing to show and express that love for brothers and sisters. Now, and that brothers and sisters is in the context of another believer. So I should be willing to lay my life down for another member of God's family. If I can't love like that, I don't love like God yet. And I need to grow. I need to get into a deeper relationship with God so that I can have a deeper love for people. That's the connection. Closer walk, deeper love. Because as you become more and more in your intimate with God in your relationship, you're going to love people. You're going to care for people. And you're going to see people the way he sees them. Not just a number, not just another human being walking around the earth that you don't have to care about. But you're going to see people in the same framework that God sees them. Someone that Jesus Christ died for. Someone that his son cares for. You know, we're going to have probably close to 180 kids here, give or take, somewhere around there. Last year you had 180. You had 30 kids come to know Jesus Christ. Over 90% of the people that come to know Jesus Christ come to do it before the age of 13. Now that tells me most of these kids that are coming, if they don't know who Jesus is, will get to experience Jesus Christ. They're just, it just always works that way. And I'm going to ask you, if you're not working, to come help that week. If you're not working it already and you, you have time, please come out and help. Because what you're going to do is you're going to invest your time and your love and your energy into someone that's going to come to know Jesus Christ. And they're going to be regenerated by the love of God, so that one day they can take that love to 
to somebody else. Because the closer I am to God, the deeper I love people. You're going to come to Adventure Camp because you love them the way Jesus Christ loves them. And you're going to help because you want to see them come to know Jesus Christ. Because on my own, the connection for me is this, because on my own, I can't love these people. I can't. I don't. I can tell you a whole handful of people I just don't love when I think about me doing it myself. But when I think about the love that God has put in me and my relationship with Him, it compels me to love every person I meet. It pushes me to love them. And the same thing will happen to you the closer you become with God. The closer I am to God, the deeper I love people. And I illustrate it like this. Our life is like a battery. That battery is only capable of so much. But when I plug into God, that battery source that I have in its finite limited resources gets plugged into like a nuclear power plant. And that power plant can hit anything. I love watching the Braves. As a matter of fact, I have purchased the MLB Network on my Amazon Prime account just so I could watch the Braves. And I am a very big Braves fan. I love watching them. However, I didn't just become a Braves fan by buying tickets to go see them. I don't become a Braves fan just by wearing a jersey that says Freddie Freeman or Ronald Acuna. I don't become a Braves fan because I'm sitting there um, telling my friends about him, like Mark Bailey. He's got the Cubs, I have the Braves. I don't become a Braves fan just by doing those things. It is something that is deep inside of me. It is a love for that team that I have had cultivated and developed over the years. It is something that has happened in my life that compels me to do things out of the ordinary because I love the Braves and because I'm a Braves fan. That is the same way it is with Jesus Christ. I have three kids. I love all my kids. I adopted all three of my kids, as most of you know. And the first two I adopted were twins, Matthew and Kristen. And I can tell you, beyond all shadow of doubt, when I brought them home the very first day, I did not love them. I mean, I loved them as a person because that's who, that's who I am. I love people. But I didn't love them like I do now. I just thought they were okay kids. And when they pooped in the tub, I loved them even less. Yes, that is a story waiting to be told. The first bath they ever took in my house. Poop everywhere. Poop not just in the tub, but on the floor, on hands. And it totally grossed me out. And I'll tell that story one day. As I get to know you and know that you're not going to be grossed out by it. But I adopted those children and I fell in love with them. And I fall deeper in love with them every single day because they're my children. Now, 
that love had to take time to develop. Now, if you're a mother or father like, like Steve and Becky are, they loved their children right when they came out of the womb because they had invested nine months, well, close to nine months into them already. And it was, they were children coming from them. And that just wasn't the way it was for me for Matthew and Kristen. It took time to develop. But because I love Matthew and Kristen, something happened. When Jackson was at the hospital, born, and I got to go pick him up at the hospital, I looked at him and I loved him immediately. You know why? Because I love big brother and big sister. I loved whatever was a part of them. And I cared for what was a part of them. And so for Jackson, I loved him from the moment I brought him home. And it has grown. That is the same way it is with you and God. You love, when you get to know him, what he loves. You care for what he cares for. And that is people. That is other people. And so, when you think about this, when you think about all these things, I have to ask a couple questions. If you don't demonstrate love for people like that in your life, this fruit that God says, how is your walk? How does it look? What does that look like? How does your walk with God look like? I can tell you, if you don't love other people, you're not close to God. You're probably not even spending time with God. If you want to get on this fruit of the Spirit thing and start loving people, you need to start spending it every day with God. You need to take time out to read his word every day. You need to take time out of your life to pray every day. You need to take time in your life to share the experience of love that he has put inside you and give it to somebody else. You need to take time in your life to volunteer to do things. Now, you don't do all these things because it's a need. You do all these things because you love God. You're developing a relationship with God through doing these things. The closer I am to God, the more you're going to love people. The deeper you're going to love people. If you will, bow your heads for a few moments. You know, I was able to speak with the teenagers. Uh, well, listen to the teenagers after Cody had spoke with them. And I asked them a few things. One of the things I asked for, keep your heads bowed, please, was how many of you know who Jesus Christ is, and if you died right now, would go to heaven? And of all those teenagers that I was sitting there with, only one could raise her hand. Only one. And because I know God, and I know people, I bet you if I asked that the same thing in here this morning, I bet I would be surprised to some extent of the hands raised, but I guarantee you there would be people that don't know that they're going to heaven when they die. So I'm going to ask you, all heads bowed, please, because this is very important. If you died right now, how many of you know for sure you're waking up in eternity? Raise your hand. 
Keep them held up. All right, thank you. There are a few of you in here that didn't raise your hand. And my question to you is this. What proof do you need to know that God loves you? What evidence do you need? Because he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for you. To die for your sin. That is the evidence that he loves you. And I'm going to tell you, this morning you have a chance to come up. Let me talk with you for a few moments. and Let me introduce you to that love because he cares for you. He says to cast all your cares for him because he cares for you. Cast all your burdens on him because he cares for you. Life could be hard for you right now. Things could be just messing up in your life. But God still loves you. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your love. We praise you, Father, that you loved us. And we ask, Father, right now that, that this fruit of the Spirit, this love that we have, that if it's lacking or we have some bad fruit in us that just doesn't compel us to love others, that we will check it out to make sure we're attached to the right vine. And if we're attached to the right vine, then do some pruning into our lives to draw us closer to you because the closer we are to you, the closer we are to you, God, the deeper we will love people. And that list is going to go well beyond just our friends. It will go to every person that we meet because you love them. So in your name we pray. Amen.